And keep peace. Keep peace. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Wag the Dog FM, your weekly public relations podcast. My name is Philip Boremans, and I'm talking to you from the beautiful city of Casablanca in Morocco. In this episode, we'll uh, have as, uh, as guest Bart de Vries. A Dutch public relations colleague, he's the president of the International Public Relations Association. Uh, previously, or until last year, he was managing director of uh, Roland de van der Mee, which is Holland's oldest public relations agency, founded in 1951. So, in his current role as the uh, IPRA, or IPRA, uh, president, we're going to talk about the latest uh, global awards of the association, And that happened uh, after a conference where I spoke at in uh, Sofia in Bulgaria uh, just a, a month ago. A really interesting conference and then, of course, the award. So what we'll do in this episode, uh, together with Bart, we'll go into, the, of course, the awards, how that all happens, uh, the winners, and then, of course, also the trends that we've seen year on year, and specifically for this year, uh, on, on what's happening globally in the, the public relations industry. Hope you'll uh, like it. Talk to you soon. Keep the peace. Hi, Bart, and welcome to uh, Wag the Dog. Hi, Philip. Nice being here. Uh, it's, it's good you, uh, you're on this call because uh, we've spoken about this since we met in uh, Sofia for the uh, IPRA uh, Golden World Award. So I think it's, uh, it's a nice moment here to uh, to discuss what happened there and the overview of you know the what what is the best practice in our uh, in our profession so uh, what what did you think about the evening and and again this uh, this golden world award contest well the the evening was actually one of the one of the really nice things that evening um, the gala during which ipra hands out the awards to the uh, gwa winners One of the nice things of that evening is that there were so many people from so many different countries. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, there were about people from 15 different countries. And we always say that the GWA, the awards from IPA, really, truly global awards. And that really was, you could really see that by the um, representations of so many countries in that evening. So that was one thing that made the evening really kind of special. Um, I also think what made the evening special was the uh, eventual uh, winner, the Grand Prix winner, because that was mm -hmm. a fantastic campaign. Um, something like that really makes you sort of proud of the profession. No, I think uh, being there, it is one of the most international uh, awards that I've ever been at. And it was amazing to see people from across the globe. And then uh, what I think is, is, is it brings always a, a, a great aspect is that you know you have people coming out being very proud of their heritage coming out in in national dress and it visually it was simply stunning to see the whole world gather there yes. um now tell us a bit more about the winner because i myself again without giving it away i let you do that but uh, i thought it was as a great campaign yeah yeah the, the winner that we um actually perhaps i, I should explain uh just a little bit in the run-up to the winner uh ipa has uh, an, a number of categories in which people can enter their campaigns Um, so, and when I say people can enter their campaigns, these can be agencies, these can even be individuals who are a professional, an individual professional, these can be in-house communication departments of companies. So there's a, there's a sort of a wide range of entries. 
So um, people can enter into the same campaign into various categories if they think that is applicable. So there, there are about, I would say, something maybe close to 40 categories. So we really covers quite a bit. Then um, there is a Grand Prix, uh, the, the entry that we all judge uh, to be the absolute best entry that year on various grounds. And then there is what we uh, used to have the United Nations Award, which is now has a different name since um, since the new rules at the United Nations, where IPA is a um, NGO with the United Nations. Now, coming back to the Grand Prix winner, this was a campaign against illiteracy. And it, the, I think what really put it so apart from uh, all the others was the truly inventive and creative way that the issue is illiteracy was addressed and was simply really done by taking each letter and having each letter stand for a social issue, whether it is uh, um, poverty, um, could be anything. So they went through the whole alphabet and each letter uh, connected to a social issue, an important social issue. And with that, really, they brought a message greatly across that if you want to do anything and change anything about social issues that need to be changed, then literacy is one of the really, truly uh, mandatory things. So to fight illiteracy is, in effect, also to uh, combat these social issues that were uh, that were based in there. So I thought that was uh, highly effective, truly innovative and creative. Uh, and so we, um, the judges of the GWI were just about unanimous in picking this entry for the Grand Prix. Yeah. And can you um, tell me again, was that um, an agency or was that a, an in-house concept? No, this was an, uh, this was an agency. Yeah. Um, um, and if I'm not mistaken, it was Weber Shandrick that was the... Uh, and Weber Shandrick, incidentally, was one of the great winners of the gala evening, uh, the GWA gala, the last gala just now in Sofia. Um, and Weber Shandrick, incidentally, was also chosen by the Holmes Report as the most creative agency of the year. Mm -hmm. So we were actually with the IPRA and, and awarding this campaign, we're in, in very good company. Yeah, I've been part of the uh, EMEA, well, that was a couple of years ago, the EMEA uh, Sabre Awards, for instance. And so I know how this judging works and, and the amount of work. And I think a lot of people don't see that. They think, oh, you know, they, they do their nice events and there's a jury. Yeah, yeah. At least, you know, this is serious business and it takes a lot of work. So for other jury members uh, who are listening, uh, I've been a jury member and I know that we do this tough work going through many, many, many different case studies. So uh, I think it is important. But how does it work within the, the, the IPRA, IPRA? And, and also, what are the things that specifically pop out or which are very much looked at when we go, when the, the juries go through these, uh, these, uh, these dossiers? Yeah, I, I, will, I think I can give you sort of an overview of how the process with ETRA works in terms of the judging for the GWAs, uh, the awards. Um, we begin, obviously, by announcing that, uh, you know, people can enter the awards. And after the deadline of closing, uh, yeah. we, everything is compiled. And this can be anywhere between uh, 400 to 500 entries. Uh, so 
We first of all take a good look at all the all the entries eligible. Uh, there's a certain format in uh, that needs to be followed. But if all the entries are eligible, uh, they're then put online, and we go through a first uh, session of digital judging, which is that uh, all the judges and it's about 60 people all in all, they get assigned a, a number of categories, uh, each containing a number of entries. Uh, each judge will go through this and then uh, make a judgment as to what of the entries in this particular category should be considered to be a finalist in that category. We kind of strive to have no more than three potential finalists, and this is basically uh, both for uh, to prevent really repetitiveness, but also uh, to make it manageable in the second stage of judging. That is usually about a month later, about a month and a half later, and then the judges come together and then look which is we usually have locations across the world, often in Europe. We get together and there is probably about 30 to 35 judges. Then these are split up in groups and each group takes a number of categories and then discusses within that group of juries. Jurors could be uh, judges, sorry, could be uh, two people or three people. And you really discuss the finalists per uh, category and we kind of, what do we then discuss? We kind of look at a couple of things. First of all, we look, is there a clear objective to the to the entry? Is there an obvious strategy mm-hmm. that is has been followed? And is there a good link between strategy and tactics, the actual, you know, execution? And then particularly, we also look at measurement. Um, we are wary uh, of measurements you know, results expressed in AVA, so the advertising equivalency value. We really try to look for the type of measurement that expresses something uh, about the results in the context of the objectives of the campaign. So those are really three or four key elements that we judge on. Um, The interesting, really fascinating part of this judging is that within a group of two or three judges, uh, there is sometimes, you know, really good and solid discussion because uh, not every judge will immediately pick the same winner mm-hmm. in a category. So we'll have to sort of discuss this with one another, uh, defend your choice, listen to the other, and eventually, you know, so we have done this process obviously a number of years now, uh, we come to a decision. Obviously, we need to come to a decision, but this is sort of how the process is run. I saw in the um, in the report after uh, this session, uh, the, the judges' report, a couple of interesting things. I mean, one of the things that pop out is that more and more of those entries are really based on on good, solid research, and that is an increase over the past year. So, did we finally? I mean, is that also a feeling you have that? We start to create public relations strategies based on serious research, not just on gut feeling or the ideas that we have. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The uh, the judges' report this year was a new thing. We had we Ipla had not done this before, uh, but we felt really that for the for the agencies and in-house uh, departments and and companies that send their entries in, and it requires a certain amount of work, obviously, to prepare an entry uh, for the Ipla GWA. 
for those, we wanted to have something at the end that they could read back and say, all right, you know, we get a feeling about um, what this year uh, entries, what were they categorized by, and um, sort of have an, have an idea about if we enter again next year, what are some of the things perhaps that we yeah. can, you know, have take out as learning points. And the point you make about research is definitely one that we indeed um, noticed in, in our judges' report that uh, the increased use of solid research uh, into a uh, whatever it's a communication challenge or problem or whatever it is, but you know, a task, whatever is given in the entry, but solid research will give you also good information and good insights into which where to base your strategy on. And I personally think that um, for public relations, certainly as we go on and, we, you know, we face higher demands, uh, I think that research is something that our industry, you know, could, you know, do better its job still. But we were happy to see this year in the GWAs that research had really been applied more than in the past. Mm. Another point that I've, I've seen as well is that even though there's there's still people, you know, giving in their projects and and when they look at measurement it still says AVE which is a terrible thing but there it's also clear that there's a significant increase of people who adhere to other methodologies who are much more sounder the ones that that we know uh, the AMEC or whatever kind of methodology but not based on AVE so that is also a positive trend right that is a very positive trend um the criticism and rightfully so on the public relation industry has often been over the many decades uh, that we're vague and somewhat hazy and even somewhat evasive uh, about the results that our efforts uh, produce. And when, uh, and I understand that agencies can be more or less forced by the clients uh, into express their results as AVEs. I do, however, think that those agencies ought to make the point to their clients that this is really not only simply outdated, but it's a, it's, it's a useless means to express uh, the results of your campaign. And we did see uh, this in this year's uh, GWAs, in the winners particularly, we did see a increase in the uptake of methodologies, like you mentioned, from uh, AMEC, the AMAC. Uh, they're not the only one, but I think that's one of the most important organizations uh, in this area of um, result measuring. And it is, it is a good thing to see, because I think... Uh, as our PR industry matures, I think that uh, the result measuring and methodologies and clear insight into this, uh, what you do and what you measure, uh, is something that is a, uh, a proof of uh, maturity. Mm. One of the things that I found interesting as well, uh, being based in, in, in Africa now, is that you've seen also more and more people putting in entries in the category which which as a broader scope is social relevance so that could be a pure a, a pure social responsibility project or at least something with social relevance coming from non-western countries and regions so from africa from from other uh, continents and and that is interesting because i just read an article here where there are a lot of programs in africa and also in in uh, in asia where international organizations are trying to instill uh, the frameworks of uh, social responsibility, social relevance in, into the, uh, the business world. 
And here we see that we already have some, some beautiful cases coming from those areas. Yes, and this is remarkably that you, you point out, and you rightfully point this out. The um, we have certainly have seen uh, a, a good number of entries in the area in categories like corporate social responsibility or any type of you know like there is various categories uh, we have that addresses this. And we have seen a, a good number of entries coming from countries, indeed, and, and regions outside of Europe. And it's a clear indication that corporations in those countries, in those regions, those corporations sort of go through the same type of um, yeah, maturity, in a way you could say, and, and the same sort of reflection on their role and responsibility in the societies where they function, uh, as we have seen this in Europe. Um, uh, what I particularly liked about those entries in the area of social causes and social responsibility was that there was a, a, a pleasing level of creativity applied there. And that, too, is something that, um, that set those entries apart. Mm. And, and another thing that I saw, and I spoke with a couple of people from those countries uh, at, the, at the conference as well uh, in Sofia, is that now we have practitioners, at least we have contact with them. They come over, uh, they put in their own reports, they put in their, their proposals. Uh, people from countries like Iran, uh, Pakistan, uh, which, yes. to my knowledge, I mean, a couple of years ago, we, they were not really in the scope. And, and we see that, yes, there is also a public relations culture in those countries. Indeed, indeed. Um, the, uh, indeed, there was a representative from uh, Iran, and I think she was one of the winners. And it's yes, she was. Came to the to the gala in Sofia to to accept her award, and um, yeah, we might act, and and as it was from the United Arab Emirates. Um, we might actually, you know, not for us in, on, on the, on, in, the, in the Western European countries, we might not necessarily have a clear view actually of the uh, public relations world, the business and its role in, in those countries. I happen to know that in Iran there is, uh, there's two public relations institutes. Um, there is a regular practice for those public relations institutes to have their annual conference for which they always invite the IPRA president. And I think that our efforts from IPRA to have the president go there and speak, uh, that that certainly uh, adds to the, um, to the recognition of the profession there. Mm. No, I think it's fascinating to see that. And also the difference that we, how we do communications on the ground in, in different countries. I mean, already... Again, I'm talking about Africa. You were here with the uh, with the African Public Relations Summit as well, and yeah. that diversity. I mean, um, we always think that diversity is something that we Europeans have, but <laughs> once you move out, you see that there's yeah. a lot of more more diversity in types of communication and types yeah. of cultures and and languages and things that outside of Europe as well. So I think that's a fascinating thing to see as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely so, and we're we're quite happy to have the president of the African Public Relations Associations, APRA, their president be, um, is now a board member at IPRA, and which is also on our part a deliberate effort to, to reach out from IPRA 
to those countries and regions uh, and to uh, really to stress that we are a global association and that the diversity of which you rightfully speak is something that you know should be reflected also in the scope of ICLA. and so we're, we're quite happy to have her on board. Mm. Now, now, moving a bit uh, away from just the, the awards, which is an important moment and where, and I think again that we need those case studies and that we need to again document and publicize them so that others can learn from that. I mean, they've been judged by professional judges, people in the industry. Uh, so those are the case studies that we, we should, you know, disseminate and study. But apart from, in a bigger scope, uh, with, with your function in the, in the International Public Relations Association, what, what do you think, what would be, what would you say is the most important pressing matter that we should address in the public relations profession? And I know it's a very large topic, but what pops to mind? Well, I think one of the really most important things is uh, freedom of information. Uh, it's one of the really basic things um, uh, of the communication profession. And, um, and I, I, so in everything we do, and in a sense, these awards, play a role in that aspect as well, is that uh, we should always, as as IPRA, but all, all the public relations uh, organizations, there are of course others, you know, there's ECO, the Association of, um, of PR Agencies, um, we, uh, we should continue always to stress the freedom of information because it's only through an informed public and informed quite obviously has different levels but it's only through an informed public that the essence of public relations which is dialogue uh, can be conducted and uh, so it is something that we should always stress and i think certainly in our times it is one of the key elements, you know, for, uh, uh, for every public relations professional personally, but certainly also as a association such as mm. IPRA. I'm new to the uh, the IPRA, uh, but but my first impression is it's a very open association. I think, do you do you feel that same openness and, and without maybe talking about names, but is, is that the same in other associations? I have a feeling from time to time that we really need to come together and opening doors to each other and collaborate more than we, we're doing today. Is that something that you feel or...? or well, my my experience is, um, you know, from the Netherlands where I, I've always worked and where my... Um, which is my background. Uh, I know the public, the communication professional organizations in Holland. Um, there's one for PR agencies and there's one for professionals, uh, for Dutch professionals. Um, the same role that IPRA has globally, they fulfill in the Netherlands. I am somewhat aware of some, in some other countries, the UK. And then I'm, I'm aware of uh, the ECO, the, uh, the Association for PR agencies, associations, they, and I think that um, the openness that you refer to, and it, it's good, of course, to hear this, I think the openness that you refer to has a lot to do with our profession as com communication, as communicators. Uh, we generally, in those professions, are more open to the world because this is, you know, the thing what, what we do. We communicate into the worlds, whether in a larger or smaller respect, into the worlds around us. 
and therefore we need to understand those worlds in order to be able to effect, effectively communicate. Um, openness and open mind is uh, yeah, almost mandatory for this. So although I cannot really speak for you know, other associations uh, from other countries or regions, I do know that by nature and having traveled around quite a bit as IPRA president to conferences where I speak with professional communicators in other countries, I think it is a characteristic of our profession. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. I think that there, there is this, this thing that we, you know, if we, we all get together, uh, there are things that we should be addressing. One of the topics that I'm very interested in is the future of our profession as such, the way that we work, will we have jobs in the next, uh, what, 20 years? Um, what is your idea about this? Because it's it's becoming a very hot topic. And now I'm into my bubble because it's a topic I'm following very closely. But still, AI, the impact of artificial intelligence, the impact of automation. How do you see that? What is your feeling about that? Well, I think that... Um Yeah, I would almost say, you know, communication will always be uh, necessary, relevant, even vital uh, when it comes down to the core tenet of public relations, which is the balance between organization and publics around it, around the organization that they communicate with. So I, I, I'm never really pessimistic about the future of the public relations. However, uh, there is massive changes taking place, and um, some of these changes, uh, are, you know, we're dealing with right now, um, the uh, the social media, for example, um, and and through the social media, uh, the manipulation of uh, public opinion uh, has gotten a total new. Um, sort of environment through social media. You know, we've seen, of course, the, what's happened in the United States, and there is no reason to assume that that type of manipulation of public opinion is only confined to the United States. Um, so I think that our profession may face challenges. I wouldn't go so far to say threats, but certainly, you know, serious challenges. Um, and But I am at the same time of the opinion that what may seem for us when we're in the middle of it, it would seem sort of have this permanence. I do think, well, it, 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 I don't really believe in that permanence. I think that will sort of sort itself out. Um, then the topic that you say automation, uh, yes, there is some uh, experimentation going on in uh, uh, newspapers, among other things, with having robots write copy uh, and not being able, you know, people not being really able to see the difference between human written or robot written. Uh, that might alleviate some of the work. It might eventually alleviate some of the work at PR agencies as well, when it comes down to fairly straightforward press releases, for example. Then the artificial intelligence is an area where I I have to confess somewhat of an of an uh, blind spot. Uh, it's um, it's not something that uh, that I've really looked deeply into. Um, but coming back to to my my point here is that uh, I am always optimistic about the future of communication simply because we're. Um, uh, it is the sort of the lifeline uh, and, 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 and the blood vessel of our society. I do believe that there are threats or at least serious challenges to this. 
but there being there before too, we've lived through, uh, in the 20th century, through uh, some of the three most autocratic and, uh, tyrants that we've had, and they certainly were in control of communication, and we, we survived that as a world, so yeah. I think we'll, uh, we'll find our ways, yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay, as a, as a, as a last, uh, last topic here, uh, so the uh, IPRA GWA Awards, so the World Awards, it's every year. It's every year since 1990, so that's really a long-running award. When is the next one, and when can people uh, start to prepare uh, their entries? Well, we usually begin the uh, to to mail to uh, you know email the previous winners and people who have and, and of course uh, previous entries. Uh, and I think that starts somewhere in February. We will let them know that the uh, the entries you know are open for entries, and that should be somewhere on um, if I'm not mistaken uh, somewhere at April. I'm not exactly don't know exact dates, but so we should be at April. And there's usually about a two and a half two two to two and a half months window for people so that will be in the spring always of the new year and uh, with closing by June uh, digital uh, judging in June and then usually in July the uh, the judges come together to do the in person to the final judging okay. so that's sort of uh, roughly the the uh, the timeline for this Okay, but we'll promote that anyway on uh, on Wag the Dog as well. Once they're open again, that is the uh, IPRA Golden Awards, uh, World Awards, sorry. And and definitely if there are cases out there, I mean, that is the thing, right, about these awards. It is getting those cases in, shifting through them, uh, voting on them, and then using them as case studies of best practice in our industry, which is an important thing to share uh, with our professionals. Certainly. So back. Uh, thanks again. Thanks again for being on uh, Wag the Dog and uh, let's stay in touch and talk soon. Thank you, Philip. Thank you for having me here. And uh, thank you for joining IPLA, the board of IPLA. Uh, I think the listeners should know this. We're, uh, we're very happy with you coming on the board of IPLA. Oh, you're, gov- you're giving away the scoop at the end. That's nice of you. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Bart. Thank, thank you. you. Talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Keep the peace. Well, that was a little surprise at the end there. So uh, thank you, Bert, for uh, giving me the opportunity to serve on the board of the International Public Relations Association. Uh, I feel honored and I'll do my best, of course, to uh, promote and uh, defend our uh, beautiful profession. So thanks again for the opportunity. So as from January, uh, I'll put full my energy behind the board of the International Public Relations Association. Another special moment in this episode as well. This is episode 40, number 40. Uh, it all started in 2015 with a crazy idea of doing a weekly podcast about public relations. I kept going and then moved to Africa, took a break, um, and then started again a couple of months ago now. So I, I try to publish as much as possible uh, that my time allows. I'm a freelance consultant, so it you know, it's in the weekends and trying to find people to come on the show, which is not difficult, but still you need to record things and, and do the whole thing. But um, it's, it's, it's been a crazy road. It's been a crazy adventure. And um, it is also time for me, I think, uh, after episode four zero to thank the fans from the beginning. I know you are out there, you're listening every single time that I publish something, you give me feedback. You give me that energy to keep on going. So a big thanks to you all. You know who you are. So thank you for giving me that energy. And uh, you are the people who um, keep me pushing forward and uh, and doing this. Okay. 
So I wish you a great uh, rest of the week. Hope to talk to you again next week. I got a couple of interviews scheduled. And uh, until then, do the right thing. Keep the peace. Do the right thing.